Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we're going to be reading verses 13 through 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. If everyone would please stand for the reading of God's word. Thank you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. If the ushers could gather those visitors' cards for me, please. Thank you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we're going to be reading verses 13 through 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. Let's read. But I would not have you be ignorant, brother, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which are asleep in Jesus will God bring with them, Amen. with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord, shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord." Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Let's pray. Father, once again, we just want to thank you for this wonderful gift of salvation. Father, we don't know how to show appreciation, dear Lord. All we know is that, dear Lord, we want to return something back, dear Lord. And we ask now that you would just give us an open heart and an open mind to, to thy word. Father, we ask that you would use our pastor greatly this morning to teach and preach out of thy word. Father, we give the Holy Spirit free will, free will to convict and to move as he see fit. And Lord, that you may be honored this morning. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You may be seated. Look on him and pardon me. 
and lamb, my perfect spotless righteousness, the great unchangeable I am, the King of glory and of grace. Born in himself, I cannot die, my soul is purchased by his blood, my life is hid with Christ on high, with Christ my Savior and my God, with Christ my Savior and my God. Thank you. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we just read a few minutes ago, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. I believe one day God is going to do that. The Bible speaks about God coming down and catching us away. The Bible says he's gonna, we're going to be caught away, literally seized, plucked, picked up. I remember one time uh, quite a while ago, I was driving up to Brother Angel's house, and I was coming along that country road that goes to Blairstown, and I came to a place where there was a, uh, a body of water, like a river on the right side, and as I was driving up that road, uh, I saw an eagle come down carrying something, and uh, as I was uh, coming up the road, he came and landed on the left side of the road, so I stopped, and I looked at what he had. And this uh, hawk had picked up a huge bullfrog. I mean, it was a big, big bullfrog. And he had him on, in, in one of his talons, in one of his claws. And so the hawk was kind of standing like this because he had this big bullfrog under one of his claws. And that bullfrog was trying to get away. And I still remember standing, sitting there in my car looking at that poor bullfrog and saying, man, I'm glad I'm not him. But listen, that's where that word raptor comes from, literally comes down, and God says one day he's going to catch us away. He's going to pluck us off this, ground, uh, this earth. He's going to snatch us away, just like a helicopter would come to a, a, a sinking ship and, and go down and rescue those people out of that sinking ship. In Christianity, we use the word rapture. The word rapture is a word similar to the word trinity in the Bible. It's not a Bible word. It's not a word that's found in the Bible, but describes what is in the Bible. We use the word trinity simply to say that God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And so we, in, in the English language, use that word saying God is one God, but he's three persons in the Godhead. The word rapture is very similar as well. It's not a Bible word, but it means in the Latin to come down and snatch away. It means to come down and seize and to take away uh, from where that one is. It means to, if you will, uh, to, to take away, if you will. And so the Bible says one day you and I will be caught away. Uh, and there uh, Paul said to the church uh, in, in Thessalonica, he said, then we which are alive remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. A few weeks ago, I know the Ehrenfeld sang that song, I'll fly away, O glory, I'll fly away. That's what that is talking about. One day, Jesus is going to come back and catch us away. The Bible says those people that are believers that have already died, the Bible 
Bible says their graves will open and they will rise first. And then the Bible says you and I, if we're alive at the time, will be changed in an instant. And the Bible says all of us are going to be snatched away. God is going to take us away and we're going to meet the Lord up in heaven. It is very similar to what happened to Enoch in the Bible. It is very similar to what happened to Elijah in the Bible. It is very similar to the person in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 when Paul spoke about that one that saw heaven. It's very similar to what happened to Apostle John in the book of Revelation when God took him off uh, the island of Patmos and showed him heaven. My friend, one day God is going to come down and take us out of here. In Luke chapter 17, Jesus was teaching. He says, I tell you, in that night there shall be two men in the bed. The one shall be taken and the other left. Notice the word taken. Two women shall be grinding together. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two men shall be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Again, this is concerning the same matter when God takes us away, when God raptures us, if you will. The Bible says God is going to come down and on earth there's going to be unbelievers and there'll be believers. The unbelievers will stay, but the believers will be taken. And I use that word taken and it reminds me that when God comes down and takes us, time's over. When God comes down and takes us, whether you like it or not, whether you're ready or not, God is going to take you and you're going to face the Lord. And I will face the Lord at that time. One day the Lord is coming to transport us to another place. He is going to take us to where he is. Very similarly uh, and, and symbolically, uh, the Jewish people, especially in Old Testament, the way they would do this is the bride and groom, like Joseph in the Mary New Testament, were espoused. That means it was a done deal. But what would happen is the groom would go and prepare a place for his future bride and for their family to live. And what would happen is the bride, in the meantime, would prepare herself and be, uh, just be, be getting ready to be a wife, and unannounced, Many times in the middle of the night, the groom would come, and he would come uh, to that bride's house, and he would take her away. He would snatch her away, and they would be uh, married, and that is how uh, Jewish weddings were conducted. It's a perfect picture of what the Lord's going to do uh, for us one day. He's going to come and take us, and he's going to take us away to the place that he is building even as we speak. The rapture is going to happen very suddenly. Jesus said, for as the lightning that lighteth out of the one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall the Son of Man be in his day. The Bible says it's going to be like a flash of lightning. In 1 Corinthians 15, the Bible says, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment... In the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Literally, the Bible says it's going to be in a moment. The Bible says in the twinkling of an eye, like that, it's all over. The Lord's going to take us off of this earth, and we're going to meet him in the air, and so we'll be ever with him with the Lord. In Revelation chapter 22, uh, the Lord says, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. In Revelation 22 verse 12, it says, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. In Revelation 22 verse 20, he says, He that testify these things saith, Surely I come quickly. This is going to be a very sudden event. It is going to be like lightning. It is going to be like the twinkling of an eye. It is going to be like a shout. 
it's going to happen very, very quickly. And as I said, those people that have already passed on, the Bible says they're going to be raised and they're going to get a body that never sins, that never has pain, a body just like Jesus had at his, at his resurrection. And you and I will be changed in a minute and we as well will get bodies that never grow old, that never have pain, and so we'll meet the Lord in the air. And so unbelievers and believers, again, will be on this earth. The believers will be taken, and that will mean our ministry is over on this earth. When shall this happen? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the Bible says there in verse 1, but of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. Listen, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, peace and safety, peace and safety, then sudden destruction shall cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye brethren are not in darkness, that day should not overtake you as a thief. Ye are children of light, and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. According to the Bible there in verse number three, when is the Lord going to do this? When they say peace and safety. When people say everything's okay, peace and safety, that's when the Lord is going to take us. Charles Spurgeon one time had a group of preachers together and he got the preachers together and he said, do you think the Lord may take us away today? Do you think the Lord's uh, day is going to be uh, today? Do you think he's going to rapture us from the earth today? And one after another, the preacher said, no, probably not today. No, probably not today. No, no, I don't think it'll be today. Then he turned to Matthew chapter 24, and the Bible says there in verse 36, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For in those days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two shall be in the field, the one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding in the mill the one shall be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord cometh. Uh, but know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, therefore, be ye also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Brother, sister, in an hour that people think Jesus is not going to come, that's when he's going to come. Let me tell you what, when there's peace and safety, and when people's minds are furthest away from the Lord, that's when the Lord is going to take us out of here. You see, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm not trying to give you a prophecy lesson this morning. We don't have time for that. But knowing what God's going to do in the future ought to show us what we ought to be doing today. We ought to know and understand what to do now so we will be ready when the Lord takes us and we meet him in the clouds. That day, I want it to be a good day for me. I think you want that to be a good day for you. And we need to be aware of what's going on in this world. The Bible says in Philippians, for our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our duty is to live realizing it's going to happen. I don't know when, but I'm I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I, 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 all I know is this. When people say peace and safety, and when people say he's not coming, that's when he's going to come. Listen, you and I need to be aware of this, and we need to be ready, and we need to help another brother or sister to be ready.
Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. I believe that with all my heart, one day the Lord is going to come and take me to where he is. I can't get there by myself, but he's going to take me off this earth. He's going to take me to where he is. And brothers and sisters, we need to remember that. Jesus many times gave parables of how it looked from a, uh, his perspective, and he gave the parable many times of how a householder would take his house and turn it over to the control of his servants, and that householder would leave for a while, and he would not tell those servants when he was going to come back. And when that householder came back, he would give, uh, have each one of those servants give an account of how he was behaving and how he was handling matters in his household. And those that were lazy and foolish and mistreating one another, boy, they got in trouble. And Lord, uh, the Lord is telling us that that is exactly how we are today. The Lord has left for now, and he's put us, if you will, in charge of his work. And he one day is going to come back, and every one of us is going to give an account of how we served our Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, I don't know when he's going to give an account, so we need to be ready at every time. Amen? The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die after this, the judgment. I want to speak to you on that subject this morning, what we need to do because we know he's coming. What we need to do because we know he's coming. Let's pray. Lord, you've told us that you're coming back. Lord, you left for a while. For a little while, we won't see your face. But again, a little while, we will see your face. And you promised us that you're going to come back and take us to where you are. And you said it's going to happen suddenly as lightning crosses the sky, like a shout, like a trump, in the blink of an eye, in just a moment of time. Lord, help us not to just be as the people were during the times when Noah was building that ark. Help us, Lord, not to be foolish, just focusing on ourselves and focusing on what we want. Help us to realize that one day it'll happen so suddenly and we'll be in the air and we'll see your face. Lord, I pray that you help us to do better with our lives here, knowing, Lord, that one day you're going to take us to where, we are, to where you are and we'll see you face to face. Please help us this morning. Give me wisdom. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What do we need to do knowing that he's coming? If you believe he's coming, there's some things that you ought to be willing to do because you know that day of account is coming. It's 100% participation. Let me say, number one, we need to watch for it. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, the Bible says, Watch therefore, for you know not that the, uh, the hour that the Lord cometh. The story was told of one time a Navy ship that came into port. And as the, the sailors were standing on top of the uh, deck of the ship, they could see their families on the piers, and they could see them waving and shouting and so forth. And one by one, as that uh, uh, ship uh, uh, took anchor and was there at the pier, one by one the sailors came off and their their wives would uh, hug them and kiss them and their children would hug them and kiss them. And one by one the sailors came out. One sailor came out and looked around and didn't see his wife there on that deck. He didn't see his family on that deck. And he got worried for a few minutes. 
He hurried down the street to where his house was. And as he got closer to his house, his feet got quicker and quicker. And he almost ran up to his house and opened the door. As soon as he opened the door, his wife came and hugged him and kissed him. And his children hugged him and kissed him. And his wife said, she said, sweetie, we were waiting for you. And he said, sweetie, I'm glad you're waiting for me. But I really would have preferred if you had been watching for me. I really wish you had been out there on the pier watching for me. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to be watching for the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, there's a certain attitude about it. There's a certain anticipation about it. There's a certain confidence looking forward about it. Listen, he's coming to get us one day. We ought to be watching for it, looking around, saying maybe it's today. Amen? Listen, God's return is as sure as God's existence. God's return is as sure as our salvation. God's return is as sure as heaven. Listen, the Old Testament prophets spoke about it, and the New Testament prophets spoke about it. Jesus himself spoke about it. Paul closed 1 Corinthians with the words, Maranatha, saying to that church, the Lord is coming. Don't forget, the Lord is on his way. One day we're going to see his face. Watch out for it. Be watching. The Bible says in Titus chapter 2, verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Maybe it's going to happen today. Maybe it's going to happen, listen, uh, this morning. Maybe it's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know, but I know it's going to happen one day. Look for it. Watch for it. Number two, we need to always be ready for it. We need to always be ready for it. In Matthew chapter 24, uh, verse number 42, the Bible says, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord cometh, but know this, that if the good men of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Hey, the Bible tells us, number one, we need to watch for it. Number two, we need to be ready for it. One time there was a little boy, and uh, he was in, in class, and there was a, uh, a man that came to the class, and he said to that class, he said, listen, boys and girls, he says, I'm going to come uh, back to this class, and I'm going to uh, give a, a gift. I'm going to give some kind of a prize to every boy and girl that has a clean desk. And after that helper left the room, uh, that little boy started saying to his friends, he said, I'm going to get that prize. I'm going to get that, that gift. Uh, I'm going to make sure that I win that. And his friends, knowing that he was a messy boy. They said, listen, he said, your, your desk is always a mess. There's no way you're going to win that gift. There's no way you're going to get that prize. He says, I'm going to clean my desk every Monday morning, and I'm going to make my desk spotless every Monday. And his friend said, well, what if, what if the man comes back on Friday? Or what if he comes back on Thursday? He says, well, he says, then I'll clean my desk on Monday morning, and I'll clean it every uh, Friday. And they said, well, what if that man comes back Wednesday? He said, well, what I'll do is I'll clean my desk every morning. I'll clean my desk Monday morning and Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning and Thursday morning and Friday morning. Uh, they said, well, what if the man comes at three o'clock at the end of school? And that boy stopped and thought. He said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to keep my desk clean all the time. He was going to be ready all the time. Let me encourage you, Christian, don't only watch for it, but be ready all the time. Hey, be ready. The Bible says not get ready, but be ready. In Luke chapter 12, verse 40, the Bible says, Be therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh in an hour when you think not. Always be ready. We ought not to let the Lord come back and find us indifferent. We ought to not uh, have the Lord come back and find us backslidden. We ought not have the Lord come back and find us 
out of our places. We ought to not have the Lord come back and find us cold-hearted or not involved or out of the yoke doing what we want to do. We ought to be found faithful. When the Lord comes back, I want to be found in my place doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I want to be found working. I want to be found busy. I want to be found in God's will. I don't want to be AOL. I don't want to be MIA. I don't want to be in some other place out of the battle. I don't want to be lukewarm. Listen, we need to be ready all the time. Hey, when Elijah knew that God was going to take him off this earth, he got busy. When Moses knew that God was going to take him away, he kept on doing what God wanted to do. I suggest to you this morning, Christian, that we watch for the Lord's coming and we stay ready all the time. Paul tried to stay right every minute of his life. He said, herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and towards men. Listen, we know he's coming. Let's watch for it. Let's be ready for it. Number three, let's purify ourselves. The Bible says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and now it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in himself purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Look, if, if you and I were going to a wedding this afternoon, we'd probably dress up real nice. Hey, if we were going to an important meeting on Monday morning, we'd probably put our best suit of clothes on. We'd shine our shoes. We'd brush our teeth. We'd look nice because, hey, we need to be ready for this important meeting. Look, how, what sense does it make for us knowing that the Lord's coming and we allow ourselves to become corrupted and we'll get all filthy with the world? Listen, purify yourself. Hey, when the Lord comes back, I want to be ready. I want to be watching and I want to be right in his sight. The Bible says in Romans chapter 13, verse 12, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the Bible says in verse 21, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and your soul and your body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Titus chapter 2, the Bible says teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. In 2 Peter chapter 3, it says, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we according to his promise look for a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelling right, wherein dwelling Dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Look, I want to one day face God, and God's going to give me a perfect mind and a, a perfect body, and listen, that we're going to be in a perfect place called heaven. I don't want to live in filth before that happens. Why would I want to live differently? If anything, I want to go in the right direction so that when I get there, listen, it's not going to be a shock for me. Amen? I'm saying this. You know the Lord's coming back. Get rid of your uh, alcohol, and get rid of your smoking, and get rid of your, your, your dirty um, words and curse words. Get rid of that. 
that. Why? We're preparing for the Lord's coming. Hey, get rid of laziness and mini skirts and immorality. Take that and put that away from you. You say, why, preacher? I'll tell you why. Because the Lord's coming. Hey, you don't want to be uh, 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 sitting there listening to your rock music and listening to your worldly music or sitting in some nightclub or some bar somewhere with a beer in your hand. I want to be found serving God. I want to be found being a good husband and a good father and a good Christian. I want to be found doing right when he comes. Hey, I, w- I don't want to be called on the spot and, and be ashamed of, 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 of his coming. Look, we ought to clean up because we know Jesus is coming. Amen? We ought to get our houses in order. We ought to make sure things are right in our life. Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, he says, I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things and is before Christ Jesus who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession that thou keep his commandments without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. I was reading this week how back in Bible times when the king would come to a village... And that's what John the Baptist used to preach about making every low spot, raise every low spot and bring down every high spot and make every crooked way straight. When people knew that the king was coming to their city, they would go out in the city and they would uh, look at the roads and they would fill in every pothole. They would sweep all the trash off the, off the uh, side of the street. They would clean their houses. They would put on their best clothes and they would get ready for the king to come down that street. Ladies and gentlemen, if the Lord is coming, we ought to live like Christians believing that he's going to come believing that he may come today, knowing that one day we're going to see his face. Hey, we ought to purify ourselves. Why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ is coming. Hey, Jesus is coming back. We ought to be watching for it. We ought to always be ready for it. We ought to purify, purify ourselves because of it. Number four, we ought to abide in him because of it. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 28, the Bible says, And now little children abide in him that when he shall appear, you may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible says, But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. You know, if the Lord's coming back, I sure would like to know him before he comes back. You know the wonderful thing about being a Christian? The minute you get saved, God becomes your heavenly father. And that means you could start building your relationship with him before you get to heaven. Hey, I can love God before I'm taken away. I could be close to God before I'm taken off this earth. I can be close to him and, and I can abide in him. I can spend time with him and I can build my relationship with him. If I know he's coming back for me, I sure would be logical to start building my relationship with him now. Hey, when he comes back, I don't want to look at him and say, who are you? I don't want to deal with him like a stranger. I want to be able to deal with him face-to-face perfectly. And ladies and gentlemen, if Jesus is coming back, we ought to get to know him now. Amen? We should be looking forward to seeing the one face-to-face that we've been talking to all along. Once in a while, I'll hear of a a young man and young lady that meet on the internet. And they'll be talking to each other. And they'll be sharing their heart and talking about, again, their different uh, 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 dreams and their different ideas for life and their different problems. And they'll be communicating and they'll feel real, real close. And then the day will come when they finally get a chance to meet each other in person. And man, he's a lot uglier than he looked on the, on the computer. No, but uh, uh, they get the chance to meet in person. And let me tell you what, many times that's a wonderful, wonderful time because you know why? They're already close. They already know each other. They have already spoken to each other back and forth for many, many months or sometimes even longer than that. One day I'm going to see God face to face. That's one of the glorious things about heaven. We're going to see God's face. 
I want to know who he is now. And if I know he's coming for me, why, why would I wait till I get to heaven to get to know him? We can start building a relationship with him now. The songwriter wrote the song, What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see when I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be. Hey, it'd be great to see the one that I already know. Amen? We need to see his face. Number five, we need to start seeking those things which are above. We need to start seeking those things that are above. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on earth. When Christ, is, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Listen, if I know I'm going to go to heaven one day, and I'm just going to be down here a few more years, whatever it may be, it may be a few more minutes, maybe a few more years, I don't know. Listen, that's the place I want to invest in. That's the place where I'm going. That's the place I'll be for millions and millions and millions of years. He'll be the one I have to face forever. I'm going to stop uh, getting so involved in things down here. I'm going to stop making this my main priority, and I'm going to start making him my main priority. Set your affection on things above. Amen? Listen, check what you're doing this week. Look at your schedule Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. How much are you doing that you're investing in heaven? How much treasure do you have in the place you're going? Look, if you tell me right now, I'm going to have to move out of my house in a few years, and, I, and I'm going to have another house that I'm going to live in forever. Listen, I'm not going to call a contractor and start working on my old house and say, make this into a great house. No, I'll call the contractor and say, listen, work on the other house. In a few years, I'll be out of here. That's where I'm going to be forever. Listen, that's the whole uh, principle there. If I know the Lord's coming back, I'm going to set my affections on things up in heaven no longer so much on earth. I'll try to be faithful. I'll try to be balanced. But listen, I want to invest up there. Amen? Look, seek those things above. We're not going to be here permanently. Seek those things that are above. Hey, the Lord's coming back. Watch for it. Be ready for it. Purify yourself. Abide in him. Seek those things above. Number six, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Hey, be in church. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 24, and let us consider one another to provoke uh, 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 one another to love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Yeah, as we see things happening in this world, we know that people today are, again, more, uh, more further from God than ever before. They're less mindful of Christ than ever before. Listen, we know he's coming back. The Bible says, as you see those things happening, as the world becomes more and more godless and more and more atheistic, if anything, we ought to work together with the brothers and sisters more than ever before. Look, I don't want to sit around and do nothing in this life. Why? Jesus is coming. I don't want to watch somebody else get blessings, and I don't want to hear about only somebody else having answers to prayer. I want some of my own. Listen, I don't want to see other people serve God. I want to serve God too. Why? Because Jesus is coming back. I don't want to be found one day making excuses and saying I was going to or, or I, 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 I didn't have time. No, listen to me. We need to be serious about this matter of the New Testament church. Some of you this morning, you're in church and out of church. You kind of do whatever you want to do. Some of you only come to church when you need something. That's not the right attitude for someone that believes Jesus is coming back. Hey, Jesus is going to come back for us. We need to be serious about this thing of the New Testament church. Listen, what are you going to do 
when he picks you up and you have to face him face to face, what are you going to tell him why you couldn't serve God? What, are you go what excuse are you going to give him why you couldn't be faithful at least going to church on Sunday morning? It's a sad day today. It's a sad thing that we don't take church seriously. It's a sad thing that we go to church if we feel like it or if we have nothing else to do. No, we ought to go to church every Sunday. We ought to be faithful. We ought to be consistent. If you're in the choir, you ought to be in the choir every Sunday. Listen, if you're part of the ushering, you ought to be an usher in ushering every Sunday. If you're part of the nursery, you ought to be in the nursery every time you're, you're, you're scheduled. We ought to be faithful in our places all the time. You say, why, Pastor? Because Jesus is coming back. That's why. Listen, Pastor Fugit preached a sermon a ways back uh, in the college in Kentucky, and he said, listen, I'm, as a marathon runner, runs and he gets to that last that last race uh, the last lap of that race he said listen the last lap of that race the marathon runner doesn't take it easy he doesn't sit down he doesn't say oh I gotta rest a little bit if anything he pushes himself harder than he ever has before because he knows the end is coming and my friend I suggest to you that you get busy why because I believe that the Lord's coming is getting closer and closer all the time and we need to be busy for him we need to be found faithful and we need again again not forsake the assembling of ourselves together Together. We need to be, again, involved in the ministry God wants us to be. Amen? Amen. We need to, to take it seriously. We need to take Sunday school seriously. And we need to take uh, uh, the security ministry seriously. And we need to take, again, the bus ministry seriously and the youth department seriously and this youth rally seriously. Those things are serious things because they deal with people's lives. Amen. What if I came into the ER in the hospital and, uh, and then, you know, there's a, there's a nurse there doing her fingernails. And there's another nurse over there giving another nurse a pedicure. And there's another one over here looking in the mirror, checking her lipstick. And I'd say, wait a minute. You guys need to get busy. What are you doing? Stop the pedicure. Stop the manicure. You're impressed that I know the difference, right? Uh, hey, uh, uh, I, got, I got a daughter and a wife at home. Hey, uh, you need to stop the lipstick. And they say, why? What's the big deal? Because the life of the patient, right now it's between life and death. We haven't got time to do all that stuff. Get busy. Do something for God because you may not have a chance one day. Listen, we're not, gonna, we're not guaranteed to have all the time in the world. I believe that one day when God takes us off this earth, some Christians might be saying, you know, why now? I need a little more time. You're not going to have any more time. It's God's timing is final. Listen, we need to be serious about this matter. Amen? Amen. Number seven, we need to preach the word. Amen. Preach the word. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1. Uh, Paul said to Timothy, he says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all suffering and doctrine. Could I make a statement? If you say no, I'll probably say it anyway. And if you say yes, then you invited me. Look, I don't understand how a believer can be saved months after months and you still don't know how to lead someone else to Christ. I don't understand that. How can you as a born-again person who understands we're all sinners, because of our sins we should go to hell, Christ came down here and gave his body and soul for us, and by faith in Christ you can go to heaven. How could you not be capable of showing your mother or your son or your daughter or your friend how to get to heaven? There's some of you here, you've been here a long time, and you still are not capable of showing someone else how to be saved. Shame on you. Hey, the Bible says we need to be preaching the word. You say, why? Because Jesus is coming back one day. And listen, you'll be taken, and maybe so-and-so won't be. Look, I, I'm not saying we can make people believe, but we ought to at least show them. Uh, about uh, a year ago, I came to my house, and I pulled up my driveway, and my driveway's kind of long, and there's a house to the left of me, and when I pulled up that Sunday night, there was police cars all over by the house, and I knew that wasn't a good sign. And my neighbor had died. 
But let me tell you what, about six months before that, I had sat in that man's house, explained the whole gospel to him and his girlfriend very clearly. At least twice that man was sitting in this church hearing me on Easter or Christmas give the plan of salvation. Look, his time is gone. I don't know if ever he became a believer. He didn't become a believer before he died as far as I know. But I'll tell you what, I showed him how to be saved. I showed him the verses. That's between him and God now. Very strange story. Years ago, the real estate agent that sold me my house, his name was Joe, good man. And he showed us all over the place, showed us houses for about eight, nine months, and we finally bought a house with him. After we closed on the house, he had a Mercedes, a black Mercedes. I, I, I was riding with him, and after the closing, I said, okay, Joe, now I need you to pull over 15, 20 minutes. You know I'm a pastor. I need to talk to you 15, 20 minutes. And I sat in a parking lot, and I explained to Joe how, and I showed him in the Bible how we're sinners, how because of our sin, the wages of sin is death. Christ paid that payment. If you'll accept Christ, you could go to heaven. If you reject Christ, you go to hell. And I said to Joe, listen, Joe, do you think you could accept Christ? And I went through the whole thing with him. He said, yes, I'll accept Christ. And Joe accepted Christ. And then uh, just a few years later, there was a lady in our church named Donna who was also looking for a house, and I rec recommended Joe. I said, listen, call Joe. He knows the area real well. He knows uh, especially, you know, Morris County in this area real well. I said, call Joe. That was Sunday night. Monday morning, she called Joe. He didn't answer her back. Tuesday, she called Joe. He didn't ever called her back. Wednesday, she called Weikert Realty, where he worked, and said, listen, where's Joe so-and-so? I've been calling him. They said, we don't know. He hasn't shown up at work. They went to his house, and he had dropped dead of a heart attack. Listen, good old Joe's in heaven one day, you know, and time is over, but praise the Lord he got saved before he went to heaven. Hey, listen, you need to accept Christ before the rapture. Listen, you need to accept Christ now. Today is the day of salvation. Listen, don't put it off and say, one day I'll, I'll, I'll do it. No, listen to me. All of us need to realize that this whole thing could end just like that if the Lord wants it to. Look, either by death or by the rapture or whatever the case is, God one day is going to wrap things up. This is not going to go on forever. I'm not going to be here forever. You're not going to be forever. If we're going to witness to somebody, you better figure it out now. If you want to witness to somebody and tell them about Christ, learn the verses. Learn how to explain it. And let's be busy for God's work. Preach the word. Preach the word. Well, you say, why? Because Jesus is coming back. Amen? Understand and learn how to give the gospel to an unbeliever. Listen, Jesus didn't say, hide until I come back. He said, occupy till I come back. That means spread the word. Spread the gospel. The gospel is good news. Hey, anyone can go to heaven if they put their faith in Christ. Listen, this church can't save you. No church can save you. Listen, that baptistry tank right there is not going to get you to one close, a bit closer to heaven than any other baptism. Listen, the only one that can save you is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ can save you because he shed his precious blood for you. He gave his body and soul for you. He gave his uh, body and soul for my sins, for your sins. If you accept that payment, one day when you face God the Father, you don't have to pay a second time. But my friend, if you reject that payment and face God one day without a payment for your sin, you'll have to pay for your sins with your body and your soul and you'll have to go to hell forever. And that is not necessary. But we have to wake up. We have to awake and uh, wake unto righteousness and realize that it's not always going to be time. Uh, there's going to be one day a time no longer. In the book of Jude, verse 21, the Bible says, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and on some having compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Hey, Jesus is coming back. Could I encourage you to watch for it? Could I encourage you to be ready for it? Could I encourage you to purify your life because of it? Could I encourage you to abide in him? 
Get to know him before he comes. Could I encourage you to seek those things that are above, not just things down here below? Could I encourage you not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together? The Bible says, if anything, if we see the Lord's coming, coming closer, we ought to go to church more. We ought to be more serious about the work of the church. Amen? Amen. Listen, we ought to preach the word. Amen. We ought to preach the word. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Lord, I don't know when you're coming back. Lord, you told us that you are, though. Lord, you told us that very soon we'll see your face in the blink of an eye, in just a moment of time. Lord, you're going to come back, and those people that have died before us, that are believers, will be raised, raised, and Lord, will be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Lord, you made that promise to us, and we believe it. But Lord, this morning we're ashamed because we say we believe it and then we don't live like it. We act like we've got all the time in the world. We act like we could kind of do what we want and get away with it. We live in such a way where you must look down from heaven and wonder if we've taken you seriously when you told us that one day we're going to be taken up and we're going to face you to give an account of our life. Lord, forgive us for being so lackadaisical about this matter. Forgive us, Lord, for acting like we have plenty of time to do what we want. Lord, I pray that you give us all conviction this morning to take this whole matter of the Christian life more seriously, realizing that we have a short time. Lord, we don't have all the time in the world that we want. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're sitting here, you say, Preacher, I know I'm a believer. I've accepted Christ as my Savior. My faith is only in Jesus Christ to take me to heaven when I die. If you could say that sincerely, you know that you've gotten to the place where you've accepted Christ and your hope is in Christ to take you to heaven when you die. Would you slip up your hand? You'd say, I know I'm a Christian. I know I'm a believer in Christ. And you've only, you're only putting your faith in Christ to get you to heaven. You may put your hands down. Maybe you're sitting here and you're honest. You say, preacher, I, I know about Jesus. I know he died on the cross for me, but I've never accepted his payment myself. I know he died on the cross for sins but I never came to him and said, save me from my sin. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and say, preacher, honestly, I don't know if I'd be ready to go to face God if I died today. I don't know if I would be able to go to heaven. I don't, I'm not clear. I need to settle this matter of putting my faith in Christ. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm not trying to single you out. But you'd say, preacher, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I've accepted Christ as my personal Savior. And again, I'm just wanting to pray for you, you'd say, pray for me. I'm not sure I'm going to go to heaven if I died today. Would you slip up your hand right where you are? Nobody looking around. you say, pray for me. I'm not sure that if I had to face God today that God would let me into heaven. Maybe you're depending on your religion. Maybe you're depending on a certain church, denomination, or trusting in baptism to save you. Listen, you don't have to, you don't have to go through life wondering if you're going to go to heaven. You can know you're going to go to heaven. But you have to accept Christ and what he did for you on the cross. In a few minutes, we're going to have an invitation. If you're not sure you're saved, you step out of your seat and you come forward. Let one of our men or ladies show you in the Bible. Not the Baptist way to get to heaven, but what the Bible says you have to do. Maybe you're sitting here this morning, you've accepted Christ already. You're a Christian, but you've never been baptized and made it public that you believe Christ died for you and rose again. You'd say, pray for me. I need to get baptized. I need to make it public. I'm a believer. Would you slip up your hand? You'd say, I need to get baptized. In a few minutes, we're going to as well stand together. You walk this aisle and you say, listen, I'm a Christian, I've accepted Christ, but today I want to make it public by baptism. Maybe you're sitting here this morning, 
And I want to remind you this morning, as your pastor, Jesus is coming again. And one day, you're going to see his face, and so will I. We need to be watching. We need to be ready. We need to live lives that would be, again, not that it wouldn't bring us shame when he comes back. We need to be preaching the word, and we need to be faithful to God. Maybe it's a decision you have to make. You walk this aisle this morning and take care of that. Let's pray. Lord, we again pray. If there's someone here this morning that doesn't know you as Savior, that you'd convict them, show them their need. Lord, we pray for those that need to make it public. That